Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We're going to fix everything today. Fixing it all. You probably saw last week uh, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, and John Jenkins, the president, had an op-ed in the New York Times. Uh, Jack went on a little media tour talking about all the things that everybody else needs to do to fix college sports uh, that, well, I guess the people who get paid seven figures to work in college sports don't need to do. So we are joined now by Dan Wetzel from Yahoo, from the College Football Inquirer podcast as well. Jack was on your podcast, Dan, and uh, I admired your restraint as he spent 15 (laughs) minutes talking about people missing classes in sports that don't make money. Well, I have a lot of respect for Jack, uh, as everyone should. And, you know, you want to come on as a guest, you treat people uh, well. So, uh, I mean, Ari's going to yell at you, but you can yell no, at me. No, 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 I, no. I don't mind, but I don't command a lot of respect. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought some of his ideas were, were fine. Uh, others, I just, you know, generally just don't. I just don't follow the problem. I just, uh, someone's got to show me a problem before they tell me all these solutions. And someone's got to tell me that, yes, we're really into moving forward and stop trying to have all their proposals be a clawback to create the same thing. Uh, They have to tell me they actually respect their student athletes as adults and as individual businesses, which philosophically they don't. They think they're dumb rubes that need protecting under the premise of consumer protection that they will then control the marketplace again. I'm not falling for it. Other people do. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was after the, the extended discussion of, of soccer players missing classes. Uh, we, you did get to the crux of the issue with Jack Swarbrick and we have a clip and oh. uh, it's, it's pretty good. And shout out to the, uh, the cement mixer in, in Wichita. When it comes to NIL, what I question is, why is this a problem? What's the problem with NIL being used to draw students to a school? There's no problem with NIL being used to draw students to a school. The, the issue I'm saying, how about using it as an inducement? I'll go straight up. What's what's the what's the problem if I'm a booster and I say I'm a Notre Dame booster and I say I'll give you 500 grand you come to my you come play quarterback for us. Well, and you send out some tweets about my my cement mixing business in uh, Wichita. <laughs> yeah. Um the so there, there there are two things there. The first is the question of why why the straight inducement is a problem. I mean, why do you even have yeah. to put it on? Right? Why can't why can't the head of the concrete company just pay me to go to that school in addition to my scholarship? Exactly. Um, the The answer for me goes back to competitive equity, right? I mean, that's going to, in a non-structured way, different than any other sport in the world, right? There's, there's no entry draft. There's no salary cap. There's no anything is going to cause a skewing of the decisions, if you will, and a competitive inequity that's just going to be part of college athletics. I recognize historically some of that's been the case. And maybe maybe the answer is, sorry, that's what college athletics is always going to be. So, at least he acknowledged the real the fact that it already exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I thought we were going to breeze over that. He has a football team that can't win the national title. That if they use NIL properly, we'll be able to. <laughs> like it's just—it's it, hilarious. And not only I, I got—I got a couple things with that, Dan. So I'm going to run this by you. He says no other sport in the world does it like this. Untrue. Professional soccer does it like this. The most popular sport in the world. And then, oh by the way, college football 
probably the least equitable competitive sport in America other than women's college basketball, maybe. Like, all they do is create inequity. Yeah. Yeah, soccer literally goes out and tries to sign eight and nine-year-olds. <laughs> yes. Like, the greatest signing of the last uh, 25 years was Barcelona agreeing to take on the medical bills of a young Lionel Messi, a 13-year-old at the time in uh, in uh, Rosario, Argentina, who c- was not going to grow to a proper height unless he got the medicine bills. It was the greatest NIL deal of all time. <laughs> okay, this is how crazy soccer is. So I don't want to hear, this is nuts. Somebody offered some, like, whatever. Yeah, I, as, a, as a pure Notre Dame bit, I don't get this at all. I think we would all agree that over the years, Notre Dame is not scandal-free. Notre Dame is not perfect. But we have never really seen the number. You don't hear the whispers. We've never seen all the cases of pay for play. I feel Notre like Dame. they try harder than almost they, anyone. I think I think that's to, a fair submission. I'm not to trying to be an apologist yes. for Notre Dame yeah. or anything. But I think they try as hard as they can to be the actual embodiment of this. And their problem is they didn't cheat and buy players. One of their problems. They can now buy players. As I said in that interview, you have tons of money. Your most famous building has a golden roof. The place (laughs) is rich. You have boosters dying to pay the players. Why would you not pay pay them on some guard? Like I I used a cement company because it's like I don't need an NIL deal to help sell my cement company. Why wouldn't you embrace it? I don't know. It's I, I, I guess I respect that. They're going for the common good, but we have seen so far, um, we have not seen, I'm sorry, a a grouping of talent based on NIL payouts. We have not seen the rich get richer. Um, we have a final four this year with three first-time participants that really haven't run major programs, you know, UConn notwithstanding. Yeah, one of those actually in there, probably because of, one very significant NIL deal that they made to get a transfer. One of their and starters. Another, and yeah. another one they made to keep their best player when he's like, hey, wait a second. Why are you giving him more than me? Yeah. So, but we haven't seen, we haven't seen everybody go to Kentucky in basketball. We haven't seen everyone go to Alabama. The economists say that that won't happen. It'll probably be flat. I think if anything, it's spread out a little bit. Um, you talk about Miami. So Miami spent, let's say $400,000 on Nigel Pack. Uh, to to transfer from Kansas State, if if you're gonna if if we're gonna say that that was a a a one for one deal or whatever, we'll see. Um, I think uh, Life Wallet and uh, and John Ruiz would would disagree, but even so, they said, "Well, you're buying your players." What is Kentucky doing? They're paying their coach eight million a year. They got yeah. a thirty million dollar practice facility. They fly in private jets. They do this. Like everyone's buying a team. It's just yeah. you using a passive dollar. Or using an active yeah. dollar. Are you buying mm-hmm. smarter? Who, who's spending Innovation. smarter right now? Right. <laughs> so. right. 400 grand for Nigel Pack is something that a lot of schools, heck, FAU, heck, whatever team you want can come up. FDU could come up with 400 grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't come up with 200 million to replace a generation of, of spending, of, you know, not, not funding. So, Purely in Notre Dame's thing, I, I would jump this, but whatever, that's his that's his thing. Uh, but we have not seen that competitive imbalance come. We have not seen the fans run away. Instead, we're getting record ratings, in part, I think, because of gambling, but we're not seeing the fans collapse like the NCAA predicted. Um, we're, you know, where's the problem? What what problem needs a solution here? I guess is my is my well, thing. That, so you you've got you've got the the best attitude because this is the easiest fix. Just let it go. Let the market figure it out and stop worrying about it, which is what you and I both wrote something very similar. I want to say it was back in 2011 where we were talking about, we, we proposed something very similar to this. And both of our, the point of our thing was stop worrying about it and it'll yeah. be fine. And if they did stop worrying about it, it would be fine, but they won't stop worrying about it. So they're, Andy, they geniuses help. are rarely appreciated in the, in, at the time. <laughs> in their own time. Yes, exactly. Right? We have to well, pass away and then look back and go, those two were just so far ahead of their time. Andy, I right. wanted to thank you I'm for bringing- I'm in favor of deregulation, not more regulation. <laughs> right. 
I wanted to thank you for bringing Dan on so that you could collectively uh, make it (laughs) smarter on this show. You know, we got some brains here, but I do think that the most apt way to describe this is the way you just described it, which is what is the legitimate problem? So they will tell you that competitive balance is an issue, but what do we actually know the problem is and how can that be solved? Like we're, we're trying to solve that. The The problem problem is is they can't, They have no rules. Right, right. They they would like to go back to the old way because they could control most of the money that way. And this way they can't. And that's a problem. Like, they want to know that if they get somebody to donate money so they can create a $200 million football facility, that's going to reflect well on the athletic director. That's going to increase the athletic director's pay. Like, now, if the cement mixer's just making a deal with the player, well... Is that did the AD do that? Did he have Because Dan just outlined, I'm not sure that that's even true. The competitive balance worry. Oh, it's not. Got, it's not. It's 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 like especially college football, one of the most competitively imbalanced sports in the world. How much worse can it be? Yeah, it I can't. Mean, we be. love the sport, but yeah. it's not competitively balanced. And, like and, the middle of the SEC, the middle of conferences, major conferences yeah. have no chance. Right. Exactly. Even the upper middle have no chance. The middle of the Big Ten, no chance. So. Jack, and Jack's not alone, by the way. I don't want to paint this as just a Jack Swarbrick thing. There are a lot of ADs and and college presidents and and people who feel this way. They think that if you suddenly allow them to create rules like they used to have that have gone away, that they will create more competitive balance. The rules they created made the competitive imbalance in the first place. It redirects where the money is headed. Yes, and which is and the pro- allows which is their real problem. The yes, passive dollar to create an environment where more draft picks are produced, mm-hmm. more wins are made, and then thus the recruiting is imbalanced because they want to go to the school that gets them to the NFL or the NBA or right. whatever sport exactly. they play in faster. They're used yeah. to the passive dollar. Look at the weight rooms, right? Every guy's got a rack. We used to every every other guy's got now every guy. We there used to be one waterfall. Now every locker's got a waterfall. Right? Those are those are wastes of money. Those I just I dollar. remember when the strength coaches had to say stop talking to the the volleyball players and the golfers. Stop flirting. Right. Yeah. Because they were in the weight room at the same time, but now they're not. Because <laughs> right, you need football a players to can't get possibly in. work out with other athletes. Right. Everything <laughs> is a passive dollar instead of an active dollar. But look at their track record on this stuff. Okay, they said. Stipends. Remember when stipends was a big thing? Mm-hmm. Wait yep. a minute. If you're at USC, your monthly stipend is, uh, I'm making these numbers up, 300 because that's the cost of living. But if you're in Ames, Iowa, it's only 170. USC will have an unfair advantage. And you're like, okay, really? <laughs> um, stipends, the big schools. Okay. When was the last time Boise State beat Alabama head up for a freaking recruit didn't happen right it's there's always happened. been the in- in- inability unless the kid is literally from Boise Idaho we don't, don't even, even discuss try. stipends right it's not even a thought not yeah. a thought anymore it was the biggest thing that's the stipend was the start of when Jim Delaney threatened to take the big 10 to division three and <laughs> and and uh Dabo Sweeney thought about you know I might have to do something else then it was the academic <laughs> awards the academic awards, the NCA in and in the Alston case literally argued they had a study that said 10 percent of hardcore fans would no longer be fans of college sports if players started receiving academic re- awards because it would not because some schools pay more than others. This was their theory. Who in the world? What kind of psycho are you? If you're like my favorite <laughs> sport is college football, but I'm no longer a fan because my linebacker. Just picked up five grand for being smart. I no longer can. I, come on. That person did not exist. Like if, that, if it offends you that your guy was so smart that he also made five grand for being on the honor roll. Then what? Dan, do you ever do you ever consider how much that study cost? Uh, yeah, the cost more than the five. Grand. <laughs> well, remember, Jenny, I could say these people get out of the business, deregulate, forget it, let the world go on. It goes back to what I was saying before. So they have a horrible track record of telling us the world is falling apart. And yet they're still telling us the world is falling apart. I want to see the world. Let's see any any bit of the world falling apart. Let's see it. Well, I just remember when James Heckman was hired. He's a Nobel Prize winning economist. The NCAA hired him 
to be their expert witness in the O'Bannon trial. And I remember sitting there. He was being paid $2,300 an hour. Yeah, I was going to say. And, yeah. and he, did a, he, he did a study that essentially told us that going to college was good. It didn't. It didn't counteract any of the arguments that the, the players were making. Isn't it amazing <laughs> how quick somebody would would jump at the opportunity to take the job as an expert witness, making twenty three hundred dollars an hour? I will to tell, tell you somebody else how, how you money want for twenty three hundred dollars an hour. They pay me twenty three hundred an hour. I'm going complete other side. This is a yeah. disaster. <laughs> we need regulations. <laughs> Honestly, twenty three hundred dollars an hour, and I say the cheese is, or the moon is made out of cheese. Yeah, like there's nothing I won't say. Yeah, well, Heckman did the, the listen Nobel Prize winner. He's not going to sully his name. He didn't. He didn't lie. He said college was good, which is true. Yeah, true. College true is form. awesome, but like, everybody is really quick to line their pockets, and then the second anything comes up that gets in the way of them lining their pockets, whether. It takes money out of the other person's pocket or not. That's when it becomes an issue. Well, and, like and everybody's the first in line to get the money in their pocket. Yeah. It, even if you let's say you, you did have a system where you were going to share money with the athletes. Let's say the the power five conferences or the F, well, even the, the whole FBS. We do it that way. We say the whole FBS is going to take half of the new money, not the current money the college football playoff brings in, but the new money that the college football playoff will bring half of that. And that's how that's the salary pool. It would still be pretty good money in salaries and it wouldn't cost anybody currently making money a penny, but they still don't want that because they're afraid someone will realize they're not that important. And those quarterbacks are way more important. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. So what's the number one, uh, avenue of money for these programs television right and the and the deals yeah, that they conference. get with the conference if you were to pool together like okay let's do the the dan wetzel let the world burn strategy here for a minute if you were to allow all the players to go get whatever they could get by any means that they can get it no rules all no no rules just right was that the outback uh that's you know, outback yeah yeah yep. no rules just right companies from boosters anything or companies. i don't well, care the where they want to get it within the, the realm of pay them yeah. then they're then they're employees and we're having a different conversation right? let them go get it from anyone but the school in any yeah. way they want as long as they're not breaking the law mm-hmm. if you added all that money up from all the stars every single power five player would it even be a drop in the bucket for one year's when, when compared to one year's uh, revenue from television deals, like would it even register? I, I don't, I don't think it would be very high. It would register. It was my guess, but I don't know that the market won't soar back because right. it's, it's hard to get people to commit every year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have like uh well, we'll hear, you know, well, this quarterback recruit got this much money. Well, let's see when he doesn't pan out. Right. Go look back through the list of five-star Q and how often have you just gave a, uh, I'd say I give a hundred grand and I get, uh, we got to get this guy and I throw a hundred grand in and he doesn't play. It isn't any good. And I feel like an idiot and everyone knows I paid a hundred. Like at least when you buy a building, you're not embarrassed by the building. You're like, Hey, <laughs> well, building well, looks good. Well, I don't care what the building is. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, right. Um, I don't know that these boosters will just sit there and go, well, wait a minute. Because look in pro sports, we could do this. And it's right, never it's a percentage happened. of, of there's team nothing revenue. stopping, yeah. say, a car dealer in Baltimore right now to say, you know what, or, or whatever. I'm a I'm a I'm a I have hundreds of millions of dollars in Baltimore. Lamar, take less. I'll pay you twenty million dollars a year and make up the difference if you cut a commercial for my whatever my business. Yeah. There's nothing stopping that in pro sports, and it's never as, as long as you don't put it in writing. Not once, because it would violate the CBA. But yes, but yes. if it's like, hey, if you're a Raven, here's a twenty million. Oh, we have seen in the past, particularly when you had to be basically in New York or L.A. or a couple other markets to become a national figure. It was an idea. Oh, you go to New York, you got bigger endorsement possibilities and stuff like that. But that is that, that doesn't exist. Out. Yeah, yeah. P- Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, they played the, some of the smallest markets in the NFL. Everybody knows that. But you could do that. We've never seen it. So I just, I just, it's all boogeyman stuff. It's all panic. It's all, and everything is let's scare people. Now they are very successful at scaring the fans. 
And all I say I is, think let's, they're less successful. Recently. Well, it, honestly, on Twitter, you hear them repeat the talking points to you. Like if somebody doesn't want p- p- players to be paid, all I hear are the same things that I've I've heard from the people who are sending out the message, which is it's going to ruin the sport. It's about amateurism. All the stuff that we hear over and over and over again. Like people buy it. That's the thing. Like there's people a lot of buyers will, of that narrative. People will stop watching, and I'm like, I am going to bank on Americans continuing to watch football. Okay, I'm going to bank on go people out. doing the thing they've always done. Yeah, I'm going to go out yeah. over and over again. I don't see football just <laughs> stop happening. I, you know, and and also the idea like there's a birthright. So there's a birthright that, well, this school should go to a final four. And if we're not going to the final four, it is bad or something shook up. Like, well, what if we're not as competitive anymore because of yeah. NIL? Well, look, there's still a final four in a macro. Hey, FAU earned it. Miami earned it. San Diego State earned it. Um, you don't have a birthright. It's just there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors. No one ever can point to a tangible thing. I keep being told, well, next year is the year that it's going to kick in. Don't worry, down the road. I'm saying I've been hearing this from stipends, academic awards, and now NIL for years and years and years. Haven't seen it happen. It's Why a, are we a, listening to them? Well, and just do you know saying, the, the people too complaining about it? You know what it makes me think? It makes me think that when my daughter is six years old, if she wants to start a lemonade stand in the front of our house, and she wants to make 25 bucks out there selling her own lemonade, that like that would put me out as the homeowner and the parent because I'm not able to control her finances. Like that's like kind of how it makes me feel when you think about the, not the, be able the to control my kids' finances. <laughs> I'm looking no, forward. But I'm to just that saying, day. like, but isn't that kind of like the the ratio of what a linebacker might earn at LSU in opposed to or, or in compared to right. what the SEC and the television deals are pouring into LSU? It's like who even cares? But like, every, why is it every, so important? Everybody to you? gets scared when it's their money, and I, you know, a guy who I, I don't always agree with, but Mick Cronin. From UCLA said it the other day, he got asked about all these changes. And he's like, he's like the, the one thing people in dying businesses always say is let's do it the way we've always done it. And I mean, it, these people, as someone who worked in the newspaper industry for a newspaper that do, no longer exists, these people remind me of my bosses at the newspaper. Like when, when Jack Swarbrick and John Jenkins write an op-ed in the New York Times saying, we need Congress to do this. We need the NBA to do this. And we need the NFL to do this. I'm like, oh, this would be like if my publisher had said, hey, Craigslist, could you please stop making it so easy to post ads because you're killing our business? <laughs> stop having no. a more effective classified section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop, doing, stop doing this better. But th- there, are, there are ways to solve this. They just don't want to actually do any of the ways to solve this. Because one, like Jack Swarbrick is a, lo- is a lot more forward thinking than he's put himself out to be. A lot of these ADs talk about this stuff privately. Will not say it publicly because it goes against what their presidents want or what their conference commissioner has said that they're allowed to say. But there think there are people who are thinking about, hey, this is a multi-billion dollar business. I'd like to continue taking part in this multi-billion dollar business for the next 20 or 30 years of my working life. So let's figure something out. And I... I think there are ways like Dan, you say, just let it go. And deep down, that's what I would like to see, but I know they won't do that. So I'm well, trying to come up with something that they might be able to pull off. And, I, and one thing that, that got me going is your, the pro prolonged conversation about missing classes in non-revenue sports with Jack Swarbrick. Cause one of his solutions is, well, you don't have to play 18 conference games in all these sports. You can play more regionally. You can do bus trips. And I'm like, that's exactly what I've been saying is you have a, an organization that governs football, an organization that governs basketball, an organization that governs soccer, because we have organizations that govern fishing and rodeo and meat judging in college. That's not NCAA nope. activities. So why not just do that? And you're or, you're like your organization that runs football. If only there were an organization or a business partnership among the 10 FBS conferences in Notre Dame already. Like already existing. Oh wait, there is. Yeah, if they could get out of the conference model, it'd be good for the non-revenue sports. Okay, there's no sense yeah. for Notre Dame when they can play a field hockey game to have their have their kids, have their players travel all the way to Florida or yeah. South Carolina when they can get on a bus and go over to Purdue and play and come back. Right? I mean, it, 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 there's no sense to it. Let alone basketball and football. Football is different. 
traveling on the weekends, do it. Basketball, maybe there's enough money, but right, there's just no sense in the you know the, the UCLA kid, uh, players that are going to have to go play a, a, a soccer game in New Jersey or East Lansing. Just they don't need that. So all of that is true. Here, here's the thing with with what I think is with college athletics is almost everybody comes up through college athletics. They start as like an assistant ticket director intern somewhere, and this is what they do. And the the inherent thought process in college athletics is we need to make rules. Every every there's a rule for every problem, real or imagined. Well, most of them how you at, have this huge rule book. Yeah, most of them work at public universities, state institutions, and what what do all of those things have in common? Bureaucracy. Right. They're more most comfortable within a bureaucracy. And it bothers them if you take those things away. There was a story in the New York Times, I think it was earlier this year, with North Carolina as they're going through it. And it was oh with Oh my God, the field hockey one? The field hockey player. Armando yeah. Baycott versus the field hockey player? Yes. And the field hockey player had some deal with a, a grain, I, I may get this wrong, but I think it was a grain bowl restaurant in, in um, Chapel Hill. And the the concept of, of the NCA. The mindset is, well, we need to have a full-time employee, a bureaucracy to monitor and protect this field hockey player from making a grain bowl deal. <laughs> will, will she get her grain bowl every day? Will she not? <laughs> and you go, who cares? Yeah, if that's what lawyers are for. Then she, she can, can either, she, yeah. a, she can hire an agent to make sure she does up, up front, or she could sue, I guess, and say, I'm not getting my grain bowls. Or she could just learn a lesson of saying maybe just this was a shady company to get involved yeah. with, and I'll move on. If the average student has a deal where it's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bar back at the restaurant every Friday night, and I'm gonna get paid fifteen dollars an hour, and then and I get a quarter of the tips, and they don't give him the quarter of tips, he doesn't run down to the bursar's office or the <laughs> yeah. and complain. They go, what are you doing here? Take it up with the restaurant. Like they don't, so that they think there has to be a rule. We have to nanny state everything. And inherently, there is an inherent function of patriarchy, nanny state, whatever you want to call it, where they don't believe their athletes are adults. They think they are naive rubes who are going to be fooled by everyone without their protection and well, their and, and, oversight and, and their and regulations. Yes. Who Just cares? like people in real life everywhere. How many people at college get married and then divorce because they got married too early? Right. We're going to start monitoring that? How many... Like, How many people in college sign up for a credit card because their school allowed the, the credit card company on campus to advertise to them, and then they built up a pile of debt? Do work for a startup. Do whatever. Yeah. People make mistakes. Things don't go right. It doesn't mean you have to. But the mindset is always, we know what's best for these guys. And they until they get over that, because here's what I'll say with you, Ari, or, uh, Andy. I'm I'm in favor of I'm a free market person. I don't mm, believe this that the less regulations you have in business the better. Okay? But I understand that people want some kind of solution here and and they want some kind of system and I get that. But until you start seeing the athletes as adults, as businesses and as partners, okay? If you're not going to employ them, then you have to at least consider them partners and you have to find a solution going forward, whatever the solution is, where there is a athlete partnership or at least respect so that because what they're trying to do is just claw, they keep going, I'm in favor of NIL. And then everything they propose is you just, just a you just back. made the colleges yeah, Uber, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the way, you just, you just made them Uber and the, and the athletes, the drivers. That's, that's what you just did. Pretty much. I, that, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I know. Well, so there is a way to employ them too, by the way. Well, yeah, Everyone thinks it's that, impossible. But what I just said, where you have an individual governing body, the players could be employees of that body, which is a private organization. I, the, the, the one idea I got from AD was you make them employees of the conference, which you could do, but then the Big Ten would have different rules in the SEC and a different CBA than oh, the – Oh, God. The, I know. have different rules. I know. But if you wanted to have <laughs> – but, but the thing is, like, they want rules. There is one way to have rules, one, that will keep you out of court. Boy. That's have a CBA. Yep. It's the only way. And, so, and, and this CBA, the players' union, which they fear and – okay, I, I can't wave my – the players' union would be the weakest union in all of unions. By far. The only power a union has is a work stoppage. 
It's their only power. Their power in collective bargaining is we're not showing up. You can't build the Chevy Silverado because we ain't there. And, and they need can, they need the labor. They need the labor. Same thing in college sports. But the idea, you can get somebody to go on strike barely anymore, mind you. Barely they have strikes that work. But you could do it if you're like, hey, I'm going to be working on this assembly line, this stamping plants assembly line for the next 30 years. When you're talking about college athletes that might be there between one and you know, a few years and you're giving up, Hey, give up your senior year for the good of heck. No, you'll never get work stoppage. The threat about of work stoppage all the people too, that need the games to get to the league. Yes. They're right. not, they're not going to agree to this. You can maybe, maybe get somebody at a, at a factory who like, I need this. Cause I can't put food on my kids table on the table for my kids or this company, you'll never get that organization amongst but the, but the, the thing that would allow them to get their arms around all this stuff is the thing they fear most. And they, it, but it's just like the NIL and the competitive equity. They've not thought it out far enough. Like they haven't gamed it out based on what happens in real life when these things happen to get that. That would be easier for them. It would be much easier for them to just do a CBA with the revenue sport athletes share some money with them, make whatever rules you want because the athletes will agree to them. So you pay them and then no one can say boo. Like I could complain, you could complain, but they're, they agreed to it. So you can't take them to court. You could, the judge would be like, eh, you agreed to it. Maybe you yeah. don't like it. Go ahead, Ari. But in the world though, that you, if they were employees, you also allow them the opportunity to get endorsements, right? Yes, Co correct. So it's both. Yeah. And that, to me, seems like the best possible scenario, but the least likely to happen. Well, that, and no, that's where you have is, real don't endorsements. Don't make them employees. Just let them get endorsements. Just let it go. Uber. Let it go. No, you just, Uber. when you when you add employees, you add all sorts of issues. If you Liability, just let them insurance, get all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. U.S., gymnastics usa gymnastics usa basketball u.s figure skating right they don't employ their athlete they don't usa gymnastics don't employ simone biles or or sinisa lee they just allow them to get to they provide them a platform to compete for their team and then they go however much money you can make simone it's a good point suny well, lee has the same arrangement with usa gymnastics and auburn yes let it go let it go. Just let them do it. We'll see. Is it really going to be a problem? I don't think so. Talk to economists. Not going to be a problem. A lot of this stuff, not an issue. It's certainly not worth the headache. We'll be right back after these words. What college sports wants is to say, well, I wish our business model, nothing in our industry changed for the last 40 years. Yeah, every business wants that. Yeah. That's not how business works. It's You're not Coca-Cola. Yeah. No, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work that well, way. What, what are we industry people That's what who thought we were right about. our whole lives who are here on a podcast now? Like, yeah. Yes. We didn't even right. get the benefit of that. Yeah. No no industry. Who does their job the same way 40 years ago? Not many people, not many industries. So you can't you can't expect it. I get that people to say, "Well, the old way was great." It was great for the schools and I get why they still want that. And I get why the, some of these old school coaches who sit around and going, "I can't deal with this." But like, consider colleges, all right? So everything has changed with social media, TikTok and things. Like Baylor, Baylor University pays. They pay two influencers to go to Baylor. Two, two, two young women at their school who have huge influence in, in the community there too. They're paying them straight Imagine up. Imagine if USC had done this with Lori Laughlin's daughter. Uncle Becky or Aunt Becky would have never had to go to jail. There is a, <laughs> another. Yes, absolutely. They're saying it's valuable to us. Now, if you sat there and said, wait, a school will pay you to go there because you'll draw other kids. There's a, a, a woman, a senior at University of Miami in Florida, the day of the life at the University of Florida. This year uh, added like literally millions of TikTok followers. And they think that their regular, there are reports, we'll see what the final details comes out, that the University of Miami, Florida's applications went up 20, 30 percent in one year because of this. The Bama rush, the process of Bama rush. <laughs> the TikTok. Yes. The TikToks the of Bama TikTok rush. sensation. Off, Bama it rush. is a sensation. Applications up. 
Now, if you had gone back 15 years ago and said, okay, here's what it's going to be. There's going to be these few people that do 15 second videos and they will have more influence over your, your academic reputation and the quality of students coming to your school than anything else. You would go, it's impossible, right? This is the business that colleges are in now. They need these influence where you literally like, I will pay you. You are the coolest high school kid ever. I will pay you to come to my school because you will drag in other. I was well, born that's 20 years reality. too early. And you know, and, and and guess who the coolest kid on USC's campus is? Caleb Williams. Maybe. And, I don't know. And guess, there might be I was going to say, what well, about I, the, what about the, might be a more, TikToker with 10 guess, guess million? I don't more, know. Guess who has more influence on, on applications to the University of Alabama than anyone? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Uh, that's exactly Nick right. Nick Saban. But and what about Bama the, Rush. the Cavender Bama twins Rush, at though, Miami? It's up there. <laughs> don't mess with Bama Rush. Like this thing's a phenomenon and you have these, these, these people watching. But that's the thing. Everything changes. It's, you can go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And you go, yeah, well, it's reality. So deal with it. Well, and, and we, can, we can walk this all the way back because this, this actually feeds into something I always say, which is the business of college is far bigger, bigger than the business of college sports. And these universities, not all, not all of them, we're not talking about Harvard here. We're probably not talking about Notre Dame here. But a lot of these universities are essentially landlords and restaurateurs. Yeah. They have spent all this money building these things, these buildings on their campus to house people and buildings on their campus where they're going to eat. And they need people to fill them. And or they can't and make their nuts. The but fun. it is kind of funny, too, <laughs> yeah. that people are giving... Like one of the podcast questions from our Monday episode was Miami buying its NIL. But like, aren't the Cavender twins for like the worth every dollar when it came to like what it what it means for Miami's women's 100%. basketball team and no, the no, university? Not, not Miami's women, yeah, the university, not just the yeah, women's basketball both. team. But like people are Googling these twins. Yeah. And what are they seeing all over the place? Miami's logo, Miami's campus, Miami's basketball team. It's like, I don't know how much money that these two brought in off the top of my head, but I'm sure as hell, no, it wasn't more than they're worth they're to, to the people that they're employed or that are filming something on campus. And you see that amazing part of the university of Miami's campus in Coral Gables, where there's that lake in the middle. On, oh, it's and, unbelievable. Right. And it backs up to the it's pool. So cool. And yeah. they have yeah. dorms with, with beach volleyball in the courtyard. And you go, wow, Hey, what is this? That's what they're seeking. So it's just, the world has changed. You're just can't, sit there and go. And and so my problem a lot with college athletics is you have a lot of very traditionally minded uh, athletic directors. And then certainly these coaches that are literally just completely out of touch with the world. And they're going, well, this doesn't make any sense. We can't do this. The, the best move is get out of the way. Nobody yeah. is stopping there. Nobody's stopping an influencer from doing day in the life videos on your campus. Those are very powerful in the college recruitment search because the, the, the high school kids go on TikTok or they go on YouTube and they look and say, what day in the life of an engineering student at Iowa State? And they follow this kid around. And maybe it's a boy, it's a girl, whatever. It's cool enough that they connect with that and say, hey, this is a really cool place to go to school. That is a better deal than that is a more effective marketing program than a, a billboard or a 30 second spot or whatever it is, or all the par- pamphlets you mail out and stuff like that. So it's just a, it's, it's a totally different world. And I don't know that most of these football coaches, but when you, you talk about who's going to talk to Congress, get Tuberville on the phone, it's, you know, like they're, they're, they're in a whole different reality. Like we got to stop this, get out of the way, let these young people make their money, let your boosters overspend, underspend, see what happens. There's not a, there, we've seen nothing. You will you will eliminate your headaches. You don't need a twenty five person compliance office to check every grain yeah. bowl that's getting deal getting. If a kid it, like Jaden Rashada, right, bad deal. That deal didn't work out. Terrible deal. First no money off, behind it. Tough break. He had he didn't have an experienced agent. He didn't maybe he didn't sign a contract that he can get civil relief. At the end of the day, though, in the global sense, he's playing football at one school, not another. Mm-hmm. And he's so got what? a bike deal. He's got a bike shop deal. It's now, a so. bike shop deal now. Whatever. Jaden Rashad is fine. He's yeah. just going to a different school, not this school. Yeah, it he doesn't got, mean we need to act rude. But, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he got screwed. He got lied because to. The, the people, yeah. right, the people he was dealing with didn't know what they're doing. 
But that happens to everyone everywhere. You can make all the regulations you want. It will still happen to everyone everywhere. It's right. There are already laws on the books that you could seek potentially, depending on what contract you signed, which you are allowed professional representation. You could then seek financial relief or hold them to that contract if that contract is properly done. So why do we need the NCA in here to count all the all the stuff or find out what all the deals are? They're 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 creating their their out is very easy. Deregulate. This is nobody no like this is not, you know, we need to have uh sprinklers in a in an office building so everyone doesn't burn if there's a fire. What what is what bad can happen here? Rich people gave poor people money? Like that's the Innocent people are not dying if if Jaden Rashada gets his money or doesn't get his money. It's just life. Yeah. But that's that's been my question. And you asked essentially asked it to Jack Swarbrick. This is a question I ask everybody who argues about this. What is morally wrong with giving someone money for being good at sports? You know, the other thing, too, that, you know, I don't know if anybody ever talks about is how much money is sunk in every single year from people who are put in place to enforce rules. Uh, think about how much money, compliance, you know, salaries, health insurance, all oh, the stuff that goes on. Go, go back to like the it's Ole probably Miss, go back to the Ole Miss NCAA case. Ole Miss spent millions on that case. The NCAA spent millions on that case. Do you know how much money like, at the end of the day was was at issue there? Wasn't it like fifteen hundred bucks or something? It's like sixty thousand dollars. Sixty, yeah. Fifty. It was like fifteen hundred dollars for a block of hotel rooms in that case. Right, right, right. Like 60 grand, basically. Why did you waste all that money? What was Millions. the point of any of that? Nothing even happened. <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing <laughs> happened. It's 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 chasing its tail. Now, when they needed to defend amateurism as a way to basically be a tax dodge, because that's what college athletics college athletics is um uh, has the uh financials of professional sports, but right. they don't have to pay taxes. So they need to claim they have a, that was sort of the rouge. Well, we have, look at the, the ruse. This is our rule book that we enforce. This is how important amateur is. Amateurism is ridiculous. Okay. Amateurs is just a ridiculous concept to begin with. Um, but they sell it. They've sold it very well. Um, but yeah, why, why do you have this apparatus to follow? All you have to do is get rid of the rules and nothing really changes. You can say, is it morally wrong? Of course not. Is it even competitively wrong? Does it change it? No. Show me, show me that it's going to get less competitive because we're two years into NIL. I'm not going to make a final decision on this, but it's gotten more competitive. If we're going to say less or more, it's Where's more Kentucky? competitive now. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, this school could buy a, a victory. Okay. Miami can spend 400 grand on Nigel Peck and yeah. pack and get a, well, what is Kentucky spending? Yeah. Meanwhile, they pay their coach 8 million. They do all right. What are we doing? Meanwhile, Kansas state just signed a top 100 quarterback. For the first time in sure. who knows how long. Tennessee got a five-star quarterback for the first time since 2003. That seems like going the other way. Not going. Yeah, the funniest thing about this, too, is like last year, Kentucky's basketball team lost to a team that's entire uh, budget for the program was one-eighth of the annual salary of Kentucky's coach. Remember the and this was before the- NIL. The mustache, the guy with the mustache got like a BW3 deal from the local, <laughs> and it was just dinner. Yeah. He yeah. was just dinner. He just like he had a like thousand wings at his house. Just eating that's a hell of a roommates. dinner, though, Dan. I'll give yeah, him that. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I mean, like, what was the terms there? They sent dinner. I uh, took a pick, and you're like college kid. That's, of that, that's like my wife always says. I'm a terrible negotiator. Like every time my contract comes up, she's like, "You're you're awful at this. You you really should hire somebody." I am the type of person of like if Buffalo Wild Wings came in and said, "We would like to sponsor your podcast," instead of just asking for money, I'd be like, "Okay." Uh, can you just dump truck a thousand wings on my driveway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Friday night, send, send some wings. Uh, it, yeah, but it's like, well, did he get a good deal? Did he get a fair deal? No, he was worth more than that. Oh, well, he got dinner. Okay, he'll figure out the next time. Jeez, I probably should ask for wings for a year. I should have gotten 500 bucks and the wings. I don't know. That's life. Yeah. That's business. That's how you do things. Um, and the, instead, it's... it's, it's I, I just... Where, where's the issue? Where's the real problem? Their track record of, of doom and gloom of the sky is falling has been proven false every single time. They have been overly dramatic all the time. 
when you talk to them, they always go back to stuff like, well, we don't, they'll just say stuff. Well, we don't want a system where one guy gets paid more than the other. Well, wait a minute. Are you getting paid the same much as all yeah, your coaches? Yeah. Are you, is your assistant getting like, what are you, all of a sudden? Yeah, that's what, that's like, what I like. Every time an AD system? says this, I'm like, don't you make more than all the janitors? Yeah. It's just like all one protection from the way America works. Right. Yeah. They throw they throw everything <laughs> out there. Well, we you, if if we don't know what all the deals are on the table, then we don't know what's a fair deal. It's like, no, if you just sit there and you 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 hope the rumor that the the University of Texas might hire you just got you an 8-year extension. The the rumor that maybe you'll go to the NFL just got you, right? Charlie Weiss got the, one of the greatest deals in Notre Dame history yeah. because they were worried the Giants were going to hire the Jets were going to hire. I had an a, I had an AD uh, ask me is like how do you how do you separate truth from fiction with these with these player agents that are asking for these NIL deals? I'm like you do it because it's your job. Like unfortunately, unfortunately for the three of us, the people who employ us know exactly what people we do or you know people who do what we do make at various companies to a point. But they don't have a list. Yeah, they, have they don't a have a list. assessment of the, yep. and then they make a decision based on their deal. But if I wish they knew less buy, because we could make more that way. Right. But if you try to buy a car, you're going to go buy a car, right? You don't yep. walk in to the uh, the Chevy dealer and say, "This is the only car I could possibly buy, and uh, I'm desperate for it, and I have to have it. How much you charge it?" Okay, you don't say that. You go, oh, I was down the Ford dealer. They got some nice stuff over there too. I don't know. Maybe I don't need a car. Maybe I do. And this guy's got to sit there and calculate in his head. Okay, do I give him the thousand off? Do I give him the two thousand off? Do I give him the five? And at the same time, you're going, huh? And they're bo- and he's going, well, this is the best car. I got two other guys looking at the car. This thing could be gone in a day, right? That's how capitalism works. And in college sports, that's how capitalism works for everything except athletes and until they respect that the athletes will be able to do this on their own and they have to figure it out maybe they sign maybe their booster signs a bad deal maybe their player signs it whatever i i I don't see how it becomes competitively imbalanced you say well the first thing alabama will buy all the players first that they already get all the players but they'll actually they should get less alabama is the richest school i was unaware that alabama (laughs) has more money than stanford i didn't think so yeah texas it's not and then you say well Okay, but what if you're offering the kid that's going to be the backup? Let's say Boise State pools mm-hmm. all its resources mm-hmm. and p- overpays for the recruit and mm-hmm. says, "Don't go to Alabama. We know Alabama's got better facilities, better conference, better track record for the league, better everything. But we can make up for that, right? You, when we're all of us look for a job, anyone listening is looking for a job." The first thing someone you say, I'm leaving to take this job, or I'm going to take this job. First thing is, well, they offer me 20% more money. Not, you should see their offices. Fantastic. Yeah. They got a juice bar. Right. There's well, a, there's a toilet. More responsibility. I'm going to be the starter. I don't have to fight through this, this thing. I'm going to make a little more money. There's so many ways for these schools to make this work that yeah. actually spread the talent out. Here, here, here's instead, here's is, another is one. The boogeyman of yeah. Alabama. But Dan... Alabama will just pay all the top 100 players and they'll sit on Alabama's roster. They don't have that much money. Well, one, they don't have much money, that much money. Two, you have to play to make it to the NFL. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Look at these guys where they go on the transfer bounce, right? When you're getting recruited at 17, one thing matters. When you're 21, something else matters. Being near mom and dad, not as important, right? Maybe the yeah. stadium, not as being cool with the coach, right? You see these guys going to play for Harbaugh. Right. Harbaugh, probably not real cool when you're 17, 16. Harbaugh's, he's kind of like, what is this? All of a sudden you're 20 and going, wait, that guy's a good coach. Yeah. He's right? getting people in the NFL. Right. Let's maybe do that. Let's yeah. go do that. Right. Something just a little bit different. Or wait a minute, I get a grad degree at Michigan. Mm-hmm. I can get into the Ross School of Business, you know, uh, MBA program. Additionally, wait, if I can get in there, I want to go to that. Because all of a sudden I'm 21 and I'm going, I'm not going to make the league. What if not? And maybe, so, so many things change. There's so many ways this will play out. And instead it's just, we can't have a discussion of that. It just has to be, this is all bad, all problems. We need more rules. And if we can't have the rules, we need the federal government to come in and the rules and these rules and the NBA and the NFL and the NBA (laughs) and the NFL. In fairness, guys, the federal government does plenty of time on its hands right now. (laughs) <laughs> well, my, my favorite's the nfl one like dear nfl please start your own minor league 
Yeah. So that we can not have the best players in our league and make less money? Like, what? Why would you want, why would you not want, this is one of the things about NIL, even in its its purest form, which would be non-inducement, just you can have a sponsorship. Simone Biles signed a letter of intent with UCLA to compete in gymnastics at UCLA. They had a, a coach out there, Miss Val, f- very famous gymnastics coach. And she said, Simone Biles calls her up and says, I'm committing to, I'm going to sign with UCLA. And she walked in and told her husband, I just signed the greatest gymnast to ever live. And she's never shown up on campus, right? Because yep. she knew she's going to go off, win the all around millions and millions of dollars. And back then the rule was, we don't want kids like that. We don't want <laughs> Simone Biles. Yeah. Why would any, every other business in the world is saying, I want to be in the Simone Biles business. I want to be in the SUNY Lee business. And they were saying, we don't want that. We don't want talented Kentucky basketball. I don't want, I don't want uh, <laughs> Scoot Henderson. I would, I don't want Bryce Young. Go, go to a minor league. Like, why? Why would you get rid of people who are, are like that? And what is your academic- people that draw the eyeballs that cash your yeah. TV deals? And yeah. like, instead, you're like, okay, so SUNY Lee goes to Auburn. Has there been some problem? Like she's, I don't know. seems uh, like gymnastics is carrying it, on more. people. Lo- lo- well, it looks to me like Auburn, which didn't fill its building for gymnastics before fills it for every gymnastics meet now. Right. right. That seems would, to have worked out for both why parties. Why would you kick the best players out? Why yeah. would we want that? Like what's, and they go, well, we should be bending over backwards to make sure they're in. All right. All right. Hold on. I, I'm going to, UB Jack Swarbrick or, or, you name the AD and I'll be Roger Goodell. And you asked me to create a minor league. Roger, uh, we have a, a financial issue here uh, where mm-hmm. the players who are coming out of high school are just too good. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're making okay. everything about, you know, professionalism and, and money. And we just want to stick to amateurism. Is there any possible way that you could take all the players that are in that category that don't haven't reached the age yet where they can participate in the NFL and create a minor league system on your own? Leave us no. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> there. Discussion had over. What was that? No, what was that uh, Aaron Rodgers line to Adam Schefter? Like, nice try, lose my lose number. Lose my number. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Please, please, please pour in your dollars to create something that doesn't need to exist that will take money away from our enterprise. We'll t- also take money away from your enterprise. But if the NFL did that, <laughs> wouldn't college football stink? Yes. Yeah. Well, it'd be it'd that'd still be, be awful. Fun. Well, this is I there. I think there's like a level of brainwash here where you're literally like, I am so committed to the principles of this, whatever this is. I literally want to make my business worse. <laughs> like, well, they I, don't, I respect. But like, they they don't, don't, don't think it's a business. I'm Notre they, Dame's AD. I'm yeah. like, round up the boosters. Let's go. Everybody meet in my office. Hey, somebody go find some kids. That's yeah. what I would do. I, I respect that they're like, we're so against the concept. Committed that to the These guys bit. make the money that don't, don't do it. Not only that, we want to create federal legislation to take away our potential advantage. I, I respect it. I just don't understand it. Well, I, here's what I think is going to happen. You talked about, you know, some of these people need to get out of the way. I think the people who are closer to retirement, who are tend to be more of the true believers anyway, are going to quit. And then everybody else is going to figure it out the because they still have to work. <laughs> like that's yeah. I was at SEC spring meetings in Destin last year and it was you, you had Nick Saban saying one thing. And while I, I'm with Ari that I think Nick Saban's got another national title in him, he's obviously closer to retirement than than his fellow coaches. But like Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer are just yeah. like, whatever. Like, we got to work 30 more years. That was Mick. Mick Cronin <laughs> said it's different. It's not a problem. It's just different. This is how the system is different. There was a time when you had to recruit junior colleges in basketball and football more. Because uh, because they used to remember they had like Prop Forty Eight, you had yeah, to pass yeah. them. As, so junior college and prep schools were a big thing. They were loaded with talent. Then you recruited the those are less of a thing because now you have this, the standardized testing isn't as big of a thing and a, a harder. There's so many things that happen through the years, and you just adapt and you go to it, uh, and and you make it right. I I look at 
you know, the NCAS Charlie Baker as its, its president now. Charlie Baker was the governor of Massachusetts. Charlie Baker ran and operated Massachusetts on the principle of deregulation and free market. Okay. He was the former president of a free market think tank in Boston. This is a free market guy through and through. And he's on CBS talking about regulations and not free market. Once again, if you pay somebody enough, they'll say whatever you want. (laughs) Right. That was my one hope with him was I didn't expect a lot of NCAA president. They don't have a lot of power, but there would be somebody new to the room to say, wait a minute. What if we just didn't have all these rules? Why don't we care about the grain bowl? Why do we care about anything? Let's see what happens. If it's totally out of control, and indeed, Alabama signs players 1 through 25, which, again, it's just impossible and not going to happen. By the way, Dan, they, they signed, signed 15, 15 of them anyway. top 100 players last year. <laughs> exactly. But they did it. They, like, they, they get the, the best recruits every single year. Like, it's already balanced. But – even if all of a sudden it went to the extreme of the extreme, which is to suggest that no other school participated in the free market. So when How does that become school, the boogeyman? Yeah. Only it would require one school in one school only to participate in this and everyone else to say, we don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it happened for a year. And then you say, well, if that happened, well, you know what? Get your act together, everybody else. But even if that we wait and see that happen, then maybe we, but it's not going to happen. George is going to say, oh, wait a minute. LSU, every other school, the Notre Dame fans, the ones I'm hearing from are chomping at the bit. Oh, they, they, they were, they were do beside it. themselves with the Swarbrick Jenkins thing last week because it was a signal to them like, oh crap, we're not going to play ball. All they need is a couple five stars a year. They need like, right. What stops Notre Dame from taking that last jump? Ari, you know recruiting better than, Depth. than all of us. They have great, they have a million four stars. They got a ton of good guys. Occasionally they have some all Americans. They've Ham, you know, Hamilton, Meyer, stuff like that. But man, they're missing that one or two rec defensive end wrecker, one or two guys a class. And Notre Dame's got a, a ton of money. They got more money than Alabama. They got more money. And if they just sit there and say, we're going to get this guy. All of a sudden, their football program makes that has the chance to make that last leap. It's Caleb Williams in a Notre Dame uniform. Caleb Williams in a Notre Dame. What was the kid who switched to Alabama? Keon Keeley? Is it Keeley yep. or Kelly? Keeley. Keeley. So yep. maybe maybe he stays. Right? I don't know. But right? How many? How many more? If Notre Dame gets one five star player, more uh, a, a class, where do they rank on their talent? your talent things if, if they just get that they, simple thing maybe if they got one more a year they would still probably be like in between seven and 12 totally but i also think too that like michigan is the example that we used on monday where if you evaluate the right way and then add one more right. a year like well, what and, if michigan and, had three more five-star prospects on their team last year yeah like it's, maybe it's they would have like what george has done now it, it would take more than georgia doing it it would it take like four or five doing it but Alabama had its advantage eroded because Georgia was getting two, three guys a year that Alabama would have gotten instead. And I mean, I went through their roster this year. I I listed it in a story like here are the people who would have gone to Alabama who were at Georgia. And that if Mark Rick were still the coach at Georgia, these people would play for Alabama and Georgia would have no shot. Instead, Georgia's playing for second national title. And and if a school... If five schools a year are able to win, and it could be different schools each year because they're not going to win head to head against Alabama, but they win five battles in Alabama's recruiting class, that talent spreads out, and Alabama is just a little bit weakened. It's all mm-hmm. in the margins. Yep. The competitive exactly. balance is in the margins. So maybe it's Iowa makes a bigger bid for for the linemen that they could have had, right? Uh, that they had committed, or wherever it is where you have a shot. You got, okay, we're going to lose to Alabama if we go recruit a kid from Miami, let alone Birmingham. They're going to get the player. But what can we get this guy? Can we hold on to this guy? And that, at those margins, maybe it helps. I don't see how it hurts. The funny the idea yeah. one school gets them all is just, just makes zero sense. It's funny that to me that Alabama is the boogeyman. Yeah. Because Alabama, from what I understand, you know, we all we don't know any of this for a fact, but like the way that it, it is communicated and, and feels 
Alabama isn't actually one of the programs that's most active in the pay for play inducement game. Agree. And like that we are we are like one or two years into this NIL thing now. And Alabama just signed one of the greatest classes. Well, of all Alabama time. didn't need to be involved in it. It's the yeah. other ones that need to be. I think it's because the, Alabama has something to sell. Right. We make first rounders. Yeah, everyone wants to go because the money, you know, NIL money for a quarterback is nothing if you can just get the second contract in the NFL. Like, forget your NIL money, man. Yeah. These guys are making four hundred million dollars. I think Alabama represents the boogeyman that all they all use because the perception is, um, and considering the. Uh, state of the basketball program, uh, Alabama will do if they need to win, they'll do anything. That's sort of the, whether that's mm-hmm. true or not, and maybe it's kind of true. Um, that's sort of the perception. But there's always this boogeyman out there. There's always the, the world's about to end, always, 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 and it never ends. The sport gets more popular. And until someone comes up with some reason why I actually believe there's a problem, your solutions are only creating the problems. Your next NCAA president, Dan Wetzel. Let's Thank go. you for joining. You'll do it for like half of what Charlie Baker. Hell does, no. Right? Okay, one at all. <laughs> well, then, then bump, you yeah. then just you got to say all the same no, stuff. We're he coming says. at it. Yeah, we're coming. No, at no. It. But if they gave him the full salary, then he. You know how much he, money uh, I could save them? In legal yeah, save how much money he would save oh, them yeah. if he just deregulated it. Tremendous. tremendous. I would save them so much money. They'd be so much more popular. There'd be so less aggravation. But they want to go the hard way, and that you know who makes the money? Billable hours. What's it? Billable hours are undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. You're undefeated, Dan Wetzel. Thank, Thank you, you so much Thank for you. joining us. Uh, awesome to be on. Listen to this pod all the time. So uh, pretty much every every episode, even Ari's uh, recruiting one. Stars matter. I love stars yeah. matter. I love He's when star. matter you guys are debating like the, the 596th best player in the country is considering Idaho and something like that. I, just love I get so excited. For Can they keep him home? Dude, that's the best sales pitch that... Uh, uh, that that show could get. So it's we appreciate you, Dan. And you've been Always on it. You were the first guest, I think. So I was the first guest. Um, I was the know. only listener at the time. It was very yeah, early yeah. on, I think. We're up I was to five the, now, believe it or I was not. The listener. Guys, I got to be popular now. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you so much, Dan. 